You were right. There is nothing. Nothing is after you. You're safe now. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike Watton. Co-host also Mike in a moment. And I guess third, like we just, at this point, I've given a lot of thought about this. Like 14 <laughs> seconds worth of thought, which is twice as long as I usually think about <laughs> matters before I say them. We really just have to get like a new logo commissioned with Swell's picture on it at some point, And we have to find <laughs> out some cute limericky name to say these Swell episodes. Because Amanda of Swell Entertainment on YouTube is joining us once again uh, for this Review of a, an odd movie, The Night House. I don't know if this is an Oscars profile. I know it's a movie event, and I know we're going to have questions, Michael. Yes, uh, Amanda, thank you for, for joining us. Thank you for the for the impromptu guest hosting gig that you're doing. I don't know <laughs> if we should come up with the logo where your face is on the Oscar. Would that be the funniest? No, I think <laughs> I want mean... You- I mean, if we do that, I think it has to be like me in the Spider-Man suit, and then like that's the Oscar, like because <laughs> you guys are in suits, and so my first thought was, okay, like me in a dress, and then I'm like, no, screw that, let's do Spider-Man suit. <laughs> so the statue of Oscar, this prestigious, yeah, snobbish, yeah, is now Spider-Man. You, yeah, I think that's a level of you know um, debauchery and uh, you know uh, disgracing mm. Hollywood that I strive for because I'm trying to break into Hollywood yeah. and they'd be like, hey, what the hell is this? That you strive for that the three of us achieve together. Yes. yes. We, we try to be blacklisted collectively, I think, on separate, uh, separately anyway. So I think that's fitting that we're all just going to desecrate the uh, the Hollywood icon that the Oscars are. Yeah. That, that well, makes sense to me. You know, I think eventually if you have a big enough blacklist, it just becomes a casting list. So I think we got this. <laughs> if we just keep, if we just keep like growing the black, the Hollywood blacklist that we are all finding ourselves on, I think that works out. <laughs> I, I don't know if we're going to speak disparagingly about this Hollywood offering that the Night House is. Uh, I know we're going to speak questionably about it, but that's what we're talking about today. It's a movie event, maybe Oscars profile, I, I, inquisitive review of the Night House uh, starring Rebecca Hall just was released in theaters. If you've not joined us before for a movie event or an Oscars profile, what they are are basically two reviews for the price of one. We're going to be non-spoiler for the first half, even though in this instance it'll probably be shorter than an actual half. I would guess. Uh, it'll be all non-spoilers, so if you've not seen The Night House yet, don't worry, you're in a safe space here. You'll get a spoiler warning, and then it'll be all spoilers, ins and all the ins and outs that the plot has to offer in the second half of this episode. Uh, what we usually do in the first half of these is break down the Oscars chances, the awards chances, what we liked and disliked about uh, everything having to do around the movie, the behind-the-camera stuff, Michael. So what do we have? Let's get started talking about The Night House. Yeah, very quickly to introduce it. I, this is Sundance 2020, so if you guys or anybody out there was thinking that this was a p- pandemic film experience, which a film production, which I don't know if you guys have been noticing, most of them are terrible, but this okay. was not. This was not. <laughs> have you noticed the ADR is bad in so many recent theater releases, or is that just me? Because like, mm. it seems like rampant ADR, and then it's also not like lined up properly it's driving me nuts i've seen it in three or four movies i've seen in theaters lately you're such a snob i know i'm horrible i'm so the sound people do you think the sound people are having like podcast host issues where their audio is from home and they're not going to the well that's what that one kid did for luca is he filmed in his mom's closet Mm, Mm, that's true that's true that's true that's a good point 
<laughs> but uh, I know Kat Dennings has been doing it at home in her bathroom in a little sound pop up for her uh, audio recordings for I think uh, Sandman. I want nothing but a camera on Kat Dennings and yes. Andrew WK at all times. Yes. She released like a makeup <laughs> tutorial where she did makeup on his face. I could watch that all, literally all day. Um, if they are listening by any chance, my DMs are open. If you guys ever want a temporary third, um, I am definitely interested. So DMs open. Okay. I also take email um, or carrier pigeon. Um, both are fine. So the pandemic has been good for certain YouTubers, uh, certain celebrity couples, but not necessarily for movies shot during the pandemic. But that's okay because this was shot beforehand, acquired by Searchlight, which is a.k.a. another name for a subsidiary of Disney. Uh, It's been received well, guys. 67 Metascore, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of people have reviewed it, 141 reviews total. Audience scores are good, 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 1.4K votes. That's kind of enough. Rotten Tomatoes audience score. I have no idea what's going on there. It just says 100-plus reviews, 66 (laughs) audience ratings there. I don't know what that means. Box office was 2.9 million on 2,200 screens-ish. Not very good there. Uh, overall, your your sense of this movie, guys, in terms of how people are perceiving it, what do you think? I mean, okay, we can cut this because I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I find that when it comes to horror movies that are not just like ghost, uh, slasher, whatever, when they deal with something, i.e. mental illness, that mm-hmm. it's actually received more critically. And that could be why that 66 on Rotten Tomatoes from audience score is there. Because some people just really don't like when there's... They see it as political, which is so dumb. But I see that seems to be like a trend that I'm noticing. So film critics are pretentious is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a good point, though. I mean, it definitely adds to the subtext. And I could see why... Lay people who just want to have a good time at the theaters don't want to to be callous about it, be burdened by that. Maybe they don't want to see, look introspectively and like go to the theaters. They go to the theaters to escape their problems. You know, they don't want to be confronted with their own issues they may be dealing with. So I think that does track. That could make some sense. Um, I could also make the argument that this one is maybe being perceived or being what, what's the word being received. There it is by an audience Mm -hmm. uh, more poorly because it's a weird movie. (laughs) And we're we're three people who have watched a lot of movies and talk about a lot of movies daily, and we have a lot of questions because it's such a weird movie. So I think it goes both ways there. It's kind of working Mm -hmm. in three genres, so I don't even know if I could spoil it necessarily by by tabbing it this horror subgenre or the other. But it's definitely something that you don't, necessarily expect even though i'm kind of kicking myself like i wish i i expected that but these are entertaining movies so you're right the fact that this is speaking to some very serious subject matter i mean the plot premise is a widow begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets right there uh we know Mm -hmm. we're in for it we reviewed the trailer mike and i i won't even get into those spoilers necessarily but we know we're dealing with some heavy shit and swell one of your first you know impulses was like to give this movie the disclaimer and i I gotta agree with you like i'm questioning 
like what's the function of these kind of movies when they come out? Like maybe this is too serious <laughs> to even make movies about. But then I'm thinking about censorship and all, I mean you go down that slippery slope too. Oh yeah yeah no no I don't want to I would never say don't uh, make movies like this or anything like that. I don't think. I mean, disturbing horror movies are a whole genre. I do not think this falls into that that category of disturbing okay. uh, films or anything like that. Um, for anyone wondering, my disclaimer was, um, if you are vaguely depressed, maybe sit this one out. Because um, <laughs> it is, it's, it's, uh, I mean, this isn't a, uh, Spoiler, I don't think. But I mean, for me, I felt the ending was pretty bleak. I mean, I was like, this is, wow, okay. Mm. Um, and so, like, I definitely know people who are, you know, struggling with some stuff that are more seriously struggling with things than I am. And, uh, you know, I, I straight up was like, you know, this is a great movie. But also, maybe sit this one out. And I did that yeah. also with uh, some of my friends who have had, like, bad relationships. I was like, hey, sit out Invisible Man. Just don't do it. <laughs> Just don't. And if you, you know, if you're un, if you're unsure, how much brandy are you uh, housing every night? Is it <laughs> yeah. a half a oh bottle? Oh my god! Do you have a case in the basement? If that's you know true, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, can yeah. we discuss the brandy at some point? Because I I want to know the origin of the brandy. Because all of that. <laughs> brandy is disgusting, by the way. Oh, like, gross. They, they, they had to have picked a purposefully gross taste. Like brandy is not an everyday <laughs> drink that even like. I know I've had alcoholics in my family. It's not like they turned to the brandy. You know, there was more conventional liquors that that, that was kind of their vices. I, I Brandy is not an everyday, let's go get a bottle of brandy and drink it. It's like more of a cooking type thing. It doesn't go down smooth. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily, like Herman Mankiewicz's levels of brandy is, is too much brandy. <laughs> <laughs> Herman Mankiewicz's level of anything I think is too much. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, because she even says, like, I still haven't gotten the taste for it. Meanwhile, she's right. putting it away. And so it's like, okay, we, we I would get into spoilers if I discuss right, this. Right, so right. let's so, move forward, yeah. All right, so I'm kind of wondering what your guys' movie experiences were like. Now, this was funny, Swell, because both Mike and I decided to play hooky yesterday. And... <laughs> Yeah, we didn't know we were going to play hooky together. I show up at the movie theaters not having texted Mike. I almost felt guilty about that. And then Mike shows up five minutes later. We're in the same movie theater. It's like when you guys, it's like you guys were cheating on each other, but you went to the same restaurant. Like, that's basically <laughs> what happened. With no other partner, though. We just wanted a meal alone. Yeah. And yeah. But we shared a yeah. bottle of brandy, hey, though, honey, Mike. Right. I mean, honey, I'm busy. I, you know what? I've got this meeting. It's going to run late. And then meanwhile, you see each other at the movies. <laughs> I, I am curious like swell what were, did you know what this movie was about going into it too i mean i'm one of those people in horror movies especially lately where i'm like okay vague premise sounds interesting like i'm definitely intrigued and then also like the trailer i was like oh this is gonna be like visually great and i i'm I'll say it. I'm a slut for cinematography. I like cool looking movies. Okay. I love it. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to go see it. And uh, then I saw someone's uh, tweet and they just said, hey, just saw Nighthouse. Why was it like that? And I was like, huh, <laughs> now I got to go see it. So Hermes, my son, went to doggy daycare and I went mm -hmm. to go see this movie at 1 p.m. And, <laughs> and, uh, I was telling uh, Mike that uh, my theater was like pretty spread out. It was a really large theater, but it was pretty spread out as far as who was in there. But it was a pretty big, decent showing for a, a matinee showing. But there was a lot of laughing throughout the movie. 
at some of the uh, the darker humor moments, and I was like, I mean, yeah, it makes sense because I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't a spoiler, but I think that uh, you know when you lose someone like that, which this is the premise, so it's not a spoiler. Her husband kills himself. It's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you lose someone like that, I some people do deal with it by just kind of getting really, you know, dry mm. humor about it because that's just how they cope. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm uncomfortable, so I'm going to make people around me uncomfortable. Like that's <laughs> how I'm going to deal with this. And gallows so, humor, yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I I did like that example. I have seen that some people don't like that 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 was an element that was included. That it was kind of like hey, we're making light of this. And it's like, yeah, but I think she's allowed to. <laughs> like, it's been literally less than a week since she lost her husband. I think she's allowed to, you know, make jokes when this uh, mom comes in and is like, um, so everyone is personal issues. <laughs> like, oh, God. No, I agree. I think uh, the haughty listener right now who... Well, you don't exist because if you listen to our show, Mike and I do. We how many Oscar movies that we talk about that have the heaviest shit of you know subject matter? We're, we're cracking jokes throughout. There's going to be so many inappropriate deflections <laughs> in this. Episode. Parasite can still go to hell, by the way. I just <laughs> yeah, want that on the record. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And murder is hilarious. That should be right. our tagline. That should absolutely be our tagline. Yeah. <laughs> murder is hilarious. Mike and Mike and Oscar do horror movies. Uh, so I'm wondering if you guys know this guy's resume. David Bruckner, uh, The Signal. He was one of the few directors of Southbound. I think that was a four-person job or whatever. But The Ritual on Netflix was re- was really cool, I thought. And then he's going to be the director of the upcoming uh, remake of Hellraiser. And then the writers. Oh, really? Yeah. We're getting a Hellraiser remake. Hellraiser I hate remakes, remake. but I, I I want I want more horror movies, guys. I I want more. You know, we just had a pandemic here. I want more horror movies. I want more slasher movies. I want it all. So you know what? I'll accept a Hellraiser remake. I'll accept. It. I'm so scared of it. Nobody's done Hellraiser well, and I think I include Clive Barker in that. Oh no, <laughs> there hasn't. I, and I love like I love Pinhead, and I lo- I love the I love the monsters in Hellraiser, and I'm hope I love the ritual. Well, you like the ritual too, right? Yeah, I I that that was actually my first uh, copyright claim from Netflix was a review on that movie. Oh, <laughs> congratulations! To be fair, they did find the one forty second clip where I was losing my mind watching them. <laughs> I included it. So I mean, they were in the right, but yeah, no, it was definitely a a movie that I had to see twice to uh, pr- truly appreciate. But yeah, no, I definitely liked the ritual a lot. I thought the pacing of this of the night house was very like you could tell it was something to do with the ritual those two seem very similar to me and like mm-hmm. i've seen people describe the night house as a slow burn i don't necessarily think it's that slow i actually turned to mike at one yeah. point in the beginning and i was like is this a 90 minute movie because i felt like they were getting right into the spooks and creepiness and the scary but i think the ritual mm-hmm. is kind of the same way you, you you're in there you're strapped in and you're going for a ride right from the jump you're not really delayed. i mean if anything i would say even the ritual drags its feet more than the night house but i, I mean there's so much to get through with uh, the ritual. There's four dudes that have to go through some shit to get to the main point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think this one's similar, but probably better paced. I would say that maybe this one is similar in the sense that they have to bring along some side characters, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, like these writers, Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski, Super Dark Times. I remember that being a pretty damn good indie horror a couple years back too. So like the co- the collection of these filmmakers together. It really is a tight 
first hour i would say like that first hour Mm -hmm. moves it snaps and yeah mike said that to me during the show and i think if i said more back to him he would just want to do the whole podcast there while we're sitting watching the movie correct this is always every movie with (laughs) you. yeah that was like me and mike's call last night because we like just accidentally (laughs) facetimed each other and then sure enough we spent like 20 minutes going through this film (laughs) i was like this is like a podcast what are we doing Nothing got resolved either. We just had a lot of questions. Oh, so yeah. that's what I'm expecting yeah. from there. Also, as far as Super yeah. Dark Times goes, there's an actress in it named Elizabeth Cappuccino. So I want to be known as Mike Bottle of Water. You are uh, frequently seen with a bottle of water. Like uh, if you yeah. are on the set of Game of Thrones, you're leaving your bottles of water. That was the best part of the show to me. I don't understand what people were upset about. <laughs> You're the enemy of all uh, script supervisors in this world. But Elizabeth Cappuccino, I looked her up, guys. She has three feature films coming out in her filmography. She's a child actress, done a lot of stuff. I thought that was like a stage name fail. But then IMDb lists her as the daughter of Helen and Andy Cappuccino. And huh. nah, it's it's listen, I can lie too on IMDb. It's not a like that's oh, not, yeah, trust Amanda, me. what's your beverage of choice for your last name? Oh, I was gonna I was gonna come up with some weird name and then I was like, I don't know, Amanda Gore, because I like horror. I think that sounds kinda cool. Mm. <laughs> oh, that is kinda dope actually. <laughs> I think uh I think you guys like wordplay. This is gonna this episode's gonna go well. Listen, my my ideal my ideal uh like uh discography is just me being a final girl in as many horror movies as possible okay that's like my ideal you want to be a scream queen yes (laughs) (laughs) even if i'm just like i'm like the first one to die like every single movie i'm in fine i'll do it i'm down doesn't that defeat the purpose of being a final girl well, I mean, look at Drew Barrymore and Scream. Like, everyone is obsessed with her, and that that's, like, an iconic scene. You just mm. want to be a horror movie tastemaker. You want everyone talking about your kill after you're done with the scene, is what you're saying. You know what? Yes. <laughs> I think I deserve that. I think I've earned it um, in that I've done very little to deserve it. Um, uh-huh. In that I, you know, I just, I showed up, and I threw some ideas out there. And, uh, you know, I was yeah. like, hey. I'm down to die. Let's do it. Well, a joke I was stuttering towards for like the last three minutes was that. I'm so sorry. I hope. No, I find, it's fine. It's well worth it. Uh, but I hope your IMDb trivia section writes something more profound than, you know, Miss Cappuccino here. Who's the only thing. The only thing in there is, quote, she is of Italian descent. Yeah, no That's shit. <laughs> No shit she is. My wiki fandom page literally says uh, she is 5'2 and works full time as a barista. I have not worked as a barista in a year and a half. Amanda Cappuccino. (laughs) Future aspiring scream queen. (laughs) Loves coffee. All right. (laughs) So I like I said, I I feel like. This is making me question all these horror movies because, like, this one does get heavier. Maybe the research gets heavy, but I, I, I know we're gonna have a debate in in the spoiler section. Is this? I mean, do we believe in metaphors here? Is it metaphysics? I don't know how deep down the rabbit hole that we're gonna get, but I, I do kind of want to, you know, tease our review a little bit, like. I thought this one had narrative momentum. I got a little aggravated on my first watch and my second watch. I really enjoyed it and I've loved the last, you know, few hours of study. Like, what do you guys think of the, 
you know, coming away, do you are you satisfied with a movie like this? I mean, I kind of thought I thought I had figured out like the twist or like the reveal pretty early, and I guess I I figured it out kind of partially because mm-hmm. again, not doing a spoiler here, but just I I figured it out partially, and I honestly don't know if what. I thought was going to happen was going to be better than what we got or if I'm satisfied with what the ending was and all of that. Again, I still think the ending was bleak, but sometimes that's the reality of the situation. So, Mm. yeah, I know that's vague, but I'm trying not to do spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's possible to be satisfied by this. And I think that's apparent by how many different takes are out there about what the hell the interpretation of this movie is. Because that's the thing. The Internet, in my opinion... I think they got, they've gotten it dead wrong. Like, so many people, not just YouTubers and the Ending Explained video people, but, like, Collider. I'm going to reference a yeah. Collider article and spoilers. Like, like they are summarizing it wrong, I think. So maybe I'm an idiot, which is quite possible. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, you're, I, you're that one commenter that leaves a paragraph. You, like everyone else, <laughs> don't understand this movie. So... <laughs> Trust me, I have uh, ignored many a comment from people like that. <laughs> so that that, that that on the record again, Amanda is ignoring also Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. All right, so last order of business for non-spoilers. Uh, like, we got to get into spoilers here. But yes. Oscar lens, like these performances, Mike, these production values, Rebecca Hall, sound and score, those are like your highlights that you've listed. Uh, it, it, it just it, Does she have any chance... I, I hope so. I just don't like, you know, we, we if you've listened to us for any prolonged period of time, you know how disrespected horror is in general when it comes yeah. to yeah. the Academy Award. I mean, if Tony Collette couldn't get a nomination for Hereditary, I don't know. Oh, my God. Right. Still a crime. Same, crime. Same. I mean, we bring it up all the time. I, I don't Lupita. know how. Oh, my God. Yeah, Lupita. Yes. A great example. So I don't like on its face. I don't come away from this one thinking, my God. Rebecca Hall was like Lupita Nyong'o and us, or was like Tony Collette. I thought those two performances were better. Now, that said, if this thing has any Oscars legs, it's Rebecca Hall's performance for me. Mm-hmm. I think there's other aspects to it, and I know Amanda wanted to talk about the, the maybe it's production design, maybe it's VFX, I don't know what it is, but there's highlights to this for certain. I just think because of how disrespected the horror genre is by the Academy, this one's going to end up yeah. falling flat, which is sad. Yeah, I, I agree with that, because I truly just agree that uh i i i really disagree with people like we should have a popular film section of the oscars mm-hmm. so that avengers can sweep and it's like uh, <laughs> no i think we need to work on getting horror involved and figuring yeah. and just having some sense of respect for the horror genre like god what what was it get out being nominated for a comedy or something which one was that that was the golden the, globes it was nominated yeah. as best musical or comedy best picture musical or comedy yeah Insane, psychotic, yeah. across the board. So, <laughs> I mean, compared to, like, I do think Rebecca Hall was great in this, but I also, compared to some of the other names I've seen floating around, I don't know if she is like this Oscar round. Well, we were pretty happy about the cinematography in the pre-show. I would probably got to save that for the spoiler discussed discussion. The score, the, uh, the music here really worked it was effective it creeped us the hell out uh i think this sound like you said up and downs but it's it's not going to be in the conversation at the end of the day mike unless the year you know something happens with covid so it's just there's no 
possibility for this. It's buried in August. It only made $3 million. I mean, how much of a, you know, second life What does, does Rebecca Hall have to do to get, like, <laughs> what, if Christine wasn't enough, what does she have to do to get recognized? I mean, I think she's kind of gotten this, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word because I do think that she has there's definitely like power to her name you know when i think her getting into godzilla versus kong i think is an example of that um i mean she's she's a veteran she's done blockbuster she does all these indie horrors she does i mean she's and she's great in everything oh yeah no she's incredible i'm upset (laughs) it's a cagey performance though right i mean it's not necessarily one that 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 Tony Collette gave. It's not the Lupita performance. The, the duality mm-hmm. of that. It it really is something where you're trying to figure her out throughout the movie. So it's elusive in that respect. It's not your typical Oscar scene one after another. And and, and maybe hell, maybe the Academy respects that more. I just don't think, you know, I don't think it has a chance based on mid August and, and you know that the, yeah, it the, doesn't the like, doesn't line yeah. up. Yeah, I will up. say for. Because, okay, maybe this is just me, but as far as Best Actress performances, has there been times where they've nominated someone who was mostly solo on screen for a majority of the movie? No, not, well, not in a while. Because usually when I, like, what, like, whenever I see, like, oh, what's the scene that got them this nomination? Mm. It's always them playing off of someone else. Mm. And so the fact that she is... I'll sit carrying most of this movie on her own. And even when she is in scenes with other people, she is still carrying those scenes, which Mm. is obviously the point. But I mean, I don't know if that is something that is ever really truly like appreciated by the Oscar standpoint, because like they see acting as dialogue to a certain degree. And so I'm calling them pretentious because (laughs) (laughs) they are. We have many a time. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's no doubt about that. The, yeah. mu- the music critic is not going to go to see the one-man Pots and Pans band guy and say, Mwah, Grammys. Right. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Same thing with these movies, like these gimmicky movies, even like Ryan Reynolds and Buried or Melanie Laurent and uh, Oxygen. I mean, all these one-person vehicles where the camera's just fixated on them. They don't cut Tom Hardy and Locke. You never see those. Mm-hmm. I would throw yeah. myself into traffic if Rebecca Hall asked me nicely enough to. <laughs> She's amazing. That's yeah, that's scary. Uh, so, all right, we all say we all say with disclaimers, with the disclaimers in full effect, to watch this movie at the end of the day, or are we really leaning into those disclaimers? Oh, I mean, I I definitely think that this is a movie. That I'd probably definitely enjoy it a second time, like you said. I probably, if I were to see it again, I would definitely enjoy it more. I don't know if I would put myself through a third time, but I would probably <laughs> definitely enjoy it more, knowing what was coming which I know sounds horrible but like I don't know I think you enjoy trying to figure it out your first watch and then maybe that you know leaves you satisfied or unsatisfied and then the second watch would be where you really appreciate the movie itself if that makes sense so I recommend watch it but you know just you know do some self-reflection before you go and see it (laughs) (laughs) that's probably as as good a, a warning I mean Look, if you are the type that has tough that has a tough time being confronted with introspection, I could see this being a tough watch for you. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, tread lightly, but know what you're in for. 
Yes, right. if you think you have to go to therapy, but you have yet to make the appointment, <laughs> maybe yeah. avoid this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so those are those are wise words. Uh, I will say <laughs> words to the to the other end of the spectrum and, and talk to my mother here who I know loves all of the Amanda episodes. Oh wait, seriously? Yeah, she's a big Am fan. Am I a Mike? Oh my god. You're an also mom Mike. fan. You're an also <laughs> yes. also mom is a big fan. And yes. mom, you probably don't want to listen to the spoiler section because we're gonna talk about the devil in the devil's business. <laughs> but is it the devil though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Spoilers ahead! This is a spoiler warning. Okay, so I think we should just treat this as if we have our college professor walk in the room. Let's do something different today. And then she has us all sit on the ground in a circle. And then we have one person playing the devil's advocate who's just stirring the pot to stir the pot. And then everyone else is like actually coming up with insightful information about this film. So I think it's just like anarchy. I think that's what yeah. this needs to be. <laughs> Where did you go to school? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I know for a fact my role mm -hmm. in this is going to be listening to both of you and just rudely interjecting with questions as they come up. I like Incredible. I know that's what I'm going to do. Is your question going to be every single time? But was it real, though? Probably. <laughs> no, like, like I, I, I don't I, I just have I just the more I've thought about this, the more questions i have and it's the same questions as if i like watched people on youtube review it versus like read what i read that you had written down mike versus like the conversation amanda and i had last i just they just keep coming to me so i have no grasp on what the hell's going on which isn't a bad thing for the movie i don't think but that's where i'm going to be so i i have a feeling i'm going to lay back more so and you two are going to be like i might be the shit stir just incidentally okay well, I tell you what, we probably should leave that in as the setup. <laughs> and, cut, you know, if you want to cut this out again, because I'm repetitive, but I tell you, I think that was pretty good in okay. terms of a setup. Do you want to do spoiler spiel? We, we, could, we could leave this in. Apparently, this is going to be part of the episode now. So, hi. Um, this is the spoiler section. A little delayed on the introduction of it, but this is the spoiler section for The Night House, uh, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Our buddy Amanda of Swell Entertainment on YouTube is nice enough to join us once again. And you heard the preface here. Uh, we're going to be doing all spoilers. It's going to be all about the ins and outs of the plots and the questions we have, of which there are probably going to be many. So uh, prepare yourselves, but if you've not seen the movie yet, this is a good place for you to hit pause, go check it out for yourself. We'll be here waiting for you to come back and hit play on us. If you've seen the movie already, and if you're prepared for this, this is what it's going to be, all spoilers for The Night House from Mike, Mike, and Oscar with our buddy Amanda of Swell Entertainment. So where do you want to start, Mike? I mean, I know you have some takes on some other stuff that you, on some reviews that you sought out. I, I don't know exactly what the nothing even is. I don't know if you want to start there. Uh, that's that's cool. I mean, I, I was going to kind of... I mean, I like Collider, but I, I was going to say let's take shots at Collider, but... <laughs> I mean, let's do it. All right. Collider's... Their synopsis says basically that the Owen built a mirror image of the house, a quote-unquote Kadroya or Kadroya. I don't know how to... I'm not gay. Like I'm dyslexic. I am not the person to ask. Let's just call it a maze instead of... He created a nighthouse maze to trap the evil spirit that had been pursuing Beth since her quote-unquote death, near-death experience. Now, in the nighthouse, quote-unquote nothingness is manifest as something... It's, it's a dark force that o Owen bent to its will, and he tried to fight back by using the dark arts to keep it at bay. So he built the night house on the opposite side of the lake, and what 
or when that ceased to work, he started killing women who looked like Beth in the hopes that the nothingness could be fooled, which it admits it was for a time at the end of the movie. But now that Owen is gone, the nothingness has finally come uh, for Beth, and she's only saved at the last minute from the shouts of friend Claire Sarah Goldberg, who brings Beth back to the land of the living and away from the verge of suicide. This is Matt Goldberg on Collider. And this is the conventional wisdom. This is what most of the internet that I read and I watched on YouTube has been saying, guys. I think they're wrong on several accounts. See, okay, my thing is something that I may have missed in this movie. Does it ever explain why he made the leap from okay, something is whispering in my ear to kill my wife. Let's go to the dark arts. Like, wh- where's the leap there? Because he's what? a He's a um, an architect? Is that what it was? Because him building the house is one thing. Also, side note, I genuinely laughed out loud when I saw him in his, uh, his sketchbook. It said, confusing shapes. I laughed out loud. I was like, what? <laughs> I guess if you're going to create an architect into a demon possession movie... You know, if like this, I so this is this feels like the one of the screenwriters dabbled in architecture before they changed their major. In college. Could be. Because so if, I, I saw one review say that the director went on record saying that he felt like the screenplay was keeping secrets from him, which essentially to me sounds like the director purposefully doesn't try to give you all the answers, which I have no problem with it. as a film ambiguous yeah. you're what you took from collider right there i agree there's a lot of things i dispute with the biggest one of me is that this is a story about beth rebecca hall's character and her overcoming the nothing's driving her to self-harm i don't think she's saved by her friend at the end at all right i mean yes the friend helps right she does like perk up and hear the friend calling. But, but that she does doesn't not... stop. Like, she right. doesn't stop. Her friend literally drags her into the water. Which, side mm-hmm. note, that doesn't seem ideal. Like, <laughs> wh- why is that your option? Hey, let's... Okay, hey, you were about to kill yourself. So let me put you in an, another way that you could potentially kill yourself. Sorry yeah, your for friend's my in a trance and let me way dunk of you explaining this. Yeah. She yeah, must I have mean, been a lifeguard. Sense, it's like, <laughs> yeah, because she, she also was like, keep your head up. Okay, come on. Like, she's not even pulling her. It's just like, follow me. It's like, your friend could go back and grab that gun and shoot you. You don't know what's going on right now. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, someone who's catatonic, maybe don't throw him in the water. But she sna- Rebecca yeah. Hall snapped out of it before she got pulled in the water, right? Right, right. And I, she But she doesn't refused. look away from the gun. I think she's just like she she I I don't think she refused though. I think she really just she doesn't shove well, the gun away. The gun slowly away. turns away. Yeah, the guns she yeah. turns the gun away from herself. Okay, let's yeah. start, let's start here. Let's start here. Is this a okay. happy ending or a bleak ending, Mike? I thought it was bleak. Cuz Amanda yeah, Amanda said it she thinks it's bleak and I want to ask her why, but Mike, what was your interpretation of the ending in tone? I think the the tone the last shot of the movie is Mel, the neighbor, saying to her, there's nothing there. And then she, after he sees her staring across at, coincidentally, both the night house and the boat, right, what's in the boat, we then see through her eyes, because they put the camera back on Beth, and then they put the camera back on the boat, and we see the shape of the demon of the nothing of right. the the nothing owen the knowing i don't know what you want to call it so has rebecca <laughs> hall has the knowing is a great name for it by the way has rebecca <laughs> hall defeated it and amanda you think it's bleak because it's still around right 
It's still around. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I think that this moment, like, it's now physically manifesting, at least to her, in her, right, her, uh, let's say the real world versus the reverse world. So I think, mm -hmm. if anything, this moment of her actually being tempted to suicide is, or not tempted, but like lured, let's use that, lured to suicide. She's trapped, yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I think, if anything, that like, blended the two worlds a bit and that's where at one point we do see the two sons you know so it's not like oh there's the reverse son and the real son i think if anything it blended the two worlds and so she's like yeah there's nothing there is nothing there there's nothing i see like there's nothing or whatever the line is that she says and she doesn't look relieved so i think if anything it's like it's bleak in that it's the like again a different manifestation of depression and all of that like it never really leaves you that type mm -hmm, of thing yeah. And so it's kind of like, yeah, she didn't defeat it. She's not safe. Like, yeah, she's with her friends and that. But, like, this thing is still going to be following her. She didn't stop it. And it's also not moving, which I think stresses me out more. Like, if it was, if it mm. was luring, if, it, like, the boat was coming closer to the shore, anything. If the shadow was moving. But the fact that it's just sitting there watching her fills me with, like, more of a sense of dread, I guess. That's something I don't understand about what the nothing is. So... Is the nothing, like, and it follows a Babadook, is the nothing a separate entity? I understand the allegory that the nothing is an allegory for depression and suicidal thought. I understand all that. Within the frame of the movie, is I the think it's death. Say that again? I just think it's death. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the devil. I don't think it's evil. But is, but is it something that's after her or is it something within her? Like, is it a separate okay, entity okay. that's going after her so, or is it something, or is it in her thoughts? Doesn't matter though is the question. I, I mean, that, I, yeah. I hate to go over the top of the question, but does it matter if it's in her head or? I mean, it's a character in the movie. The no one is a character yeah. in the movie. Well, it does matter because did she bring it back from the other house, or is it just something that's all like? Is, is she okay? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I think we need to give at least a little bit of context for this. So there is a mm -hmm. moment where after uh, Rebecca Hall, Beth, uh, she figures out. Like, there's a moment where she's essentially, like, she thinks Owen is in the room with her because she's finally going to leave the house. Her friend is like, hey, Claire is like, you need to go stay somewhere else. She's like, okay, I'm going to go to a hotel. She's packing her bags and she's like, I'm leaving. And she finally thinks Owen is, like, there. There's, like, this moment where he's, like, feeling her up. There's a little bit of ghost sex, whatever. We've and then <laughs> and then she's like, oh, when it's you, and it's like, and the, this voice whispers, like, it's not Owen. Yep, and right. then she kind of gets slammed. She sees Owen, like, beating up this woman that looks kind of like her, and then gets kind of thrown into the mirror, gets brought into the reverse world, the reverse house. There's all these beings there that are like, we only see them in flashes. Yeah. I took yeah. it as them being literally Owen and the manifestations of the other women. That could just be me. Like, hide. Like, you need to hide. It's going to come. And she doesn't hide. She just is like, what's going on? But mm -hmm. then she sees a scene of Owen holding her in his lap. And she's, like, asleep. And this voice starts talking to her and says, you left the night we met. And she's like, what are you talking about? Because this is Owen. She thinks it's Owen. And mm -hmm. it's not no Owen. It's no one or the nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's basically right. a callback to when she died for four minutes when she was a teenager. And she saw there's there's nothing there. It's just tunnel. And so you left the night we met. You left death. Like, you cheated death. So it's kind of, if anything, it's a, um, God, what's the movie where they survive the plane crash and everyone lives? Um, and they starts killing them. What's it called? Um, Final Destination. Final Destination, Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I forgot the title <laughs> of a movie for a second. Um, 
it's kind of like I'll wait that till you get 10 years older uh, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's just like and so uh like it's been after her and then we are shown a scene where that owen in the reverse is like holding her neck and choking her and then he lets right. go and stops himself and so the nothing is like i was whispering in his ear for him to send you back to me which i'm sorry maybe this is just me was that a saying that like oh if she had had in fact killed herself would she have not gone to the nothing because it doesn't seem like it wanted her to kill herself until the very end until that was like the most direct option so i'm not understanding that change so the i mean the herb in the boat is that like a metaphor for the river sticks and going to the afterlife etc i mean that that seems to be the obvious metaphor there now i think the biggest thing I'm upset with over the reviewers is that what you're talking about is what the demon, the known said as a character in the movie, Mm -hmm. right? The character tells her all these things and spins this narrative to explain the husband's serial killing, right? To explain, you know, I whispered in his ear and then he started killing and all these clues that you found. Now you're bringing them together in one narrative. He always loved you. I'm not him. You know he's gone on the boat. There's only me. So, (laughs) you know, just, you you know, there's nothingness. There's nothing. Kill yourself. But the thing... Maybe edit that out, Mike, but fuck. I look gonna be the title of the episode. (laughs) No (laughs) Great, so Led's left in. But here's the thing. Those are lies from a demon who are the most notorious liars in movie history. I mean, we have Father Karis being told that is But if demon why sexy, Mike, and that's what we need to discuss here. (laughs) Okay. Well, but that's how that's how the husband lures all his victims. We know that because the demon shows, but that's the same thing. Like she is caught in the at the end and to the point where she's subdued in the Louvre pose that disgusting little talisman like all of that stuff where she thought the husband was luring the demon is actually how the demon lured her so based on the fact that she was entrapped that way I'm thinking that the demon bullshitted and lied to her whether it's in her head or not whether like yeah I mean or the demon... or, or was the demon mm-hmm. punishing her for her husband prevent like with uh drawing out him getting access to Beth like was the demon being like oh well this is what your husband did he thought it did something but I figured it out so here's me putting you into the same pose as all of his victims and right. you know uh, but is Beth doing it to her? Like, I, I think that's why it matters to me. Yes. Whether, what the nothing yes. is. Beth, it's in her head. But, like, but that's what I'm thinking. But, that part's in. The, yeah. I but think the entire movie, you have the best friend, the girl from Barry, telling her, hey, give this up. Stop looking into it. Don't. You're only going to cause yourself pain. So I guess why I, why I care if the nothing is like within her or outside. Is this like is the message of this movie? The more you think about the more you, you the more you think about somebody's death as your own fault the more hurt you're going to be like somebody else's actions aren't your own fault or is this trying to say that like is it just a blanket everybody deals with depression type thing she's blaming herself for her husband's death and she's crafting this whole narrative you know through the demon that's always so if she listened to the best friend and just like made her peace or made her closure with it none of the best friend is a bumbling fool and steps, oh, puts yeah. her foot in her mouth th- the whole movie and totally just everything she says backfires on her. But she's absolutely 100% right, isn't she, in that regard? That's I mean, well, she, she yeah. says she, I think, 
the point of what Claire is saying is like, stop looking into this, stop looking into what he did or whatever. And cause it's, yeah. if anything, it's Beth not wanting to deal with her own feelings of her husband being gone. So she's looking for something like I, if I was Claire, I would be like, okay, she doesn't want to look at how she's feeling. So she's trying to find something that she missed with him that explains why he did this. Like she see, doesn't want to deal with this as like, like, and there are little bits of that that we see, like how could I have lived with someone who was uh, cheating on these, me with these women or killing these women or doing all this? How did I not know? Like, how did I not know I was living right. with a crazy I, I, person? I agree with that. But I'm wondering if that's like her own psychosis. Like if she just takes the best friend's advice and it's like, you know what? You're right. It's only going to cause me more harm in the long run. I have to stop this now. Does the nothing still come after her? Is the nothing just this the it follows monster that's going to perpetually try to dry, drag her down? Or is that keeping the nothing at bay? Is her own psychosis, her own, own obsession with getting to the bottom of this intensifying the nothing? What is the nothing luring her with? It's luring her with yeah. the fact that she thinks it's ghost Owen, it's going. Yeah. It's it's when it's really knowing, she thinks it's going and therefore she wants oh, to have sex with Ghost God. Owen. She wants to hug Ghost Owen. She want like after that time she's told that it's a demon, right? In her head, whether it's in her head or whatever, and she's and it and and the demon reveals itself and everything. That's why I think it's a lot like the demon lied to her the entire movie. Whether you think the demon's in her head or whether you think it's an actual substantive force in the reality of this story, I don't know. I think the movie See, I has think dream the demons sequences. in her head. Yeah, yeah I think it is yeah. dream sequences. I think she's definitely sleepwalking. And I think, because there, there, again, there are certain things in the movie where I'm like, okay, I think this is a hint. Like, when she's like, um, oh, he started sleepwalking about two years after he finished the house. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's when I think he realized, okay, the maze that I built of our house, that's not enough. So he starts building the other house and having that other option, the reverse floor plan and all of that. Okay. And has that plan because I'm assuming when he started sleepwalking is when he started trying to almost kill Beth again. And so he started building the other house. Maybe that didn't work. And so that's when he started killing the women. Cause we really don't have a timeline of when he started being with these women. We just know the amount really, which is like too many. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So like the, I mean, I think if anything, the nothing was luring Owen to again, I don't know, because I, I think when we start looking at the him killing her versus him driving her to suicide or anything like that, like I think that's where the metaphor of the nothing or the allegory of the nothing kind of blends and doesn't work out as well, if that makes sense. So I, I wonder if we could maybe pinpoint it this way. Like, do you guys think he was, in fact, in this movie, a serial murderer where the Nighthouse does in fact exist where the floorboards do f in fact give way to a bunch of dead bodies which i mean the latest one looked it looked i, I mean i can't believe i'm saying this but it looked fresh <laughs> i mean it looked i thought weird. you were gonna say juicy like <laughs> <laughs> that's a hot corpse no okay. it looked like a fresh <laughs> kill i saw her earlobe yeah okay i think the other house definitely exists because me the too girl okay. from the bookstore tells her about the other house, you know? And I think that the, I don't know. I treat it as the girl from the bookstore. She is the most recent uh, potential victim. 
And we know that mm -hmm. from the when the photo was in the phone and then also how early it is on the computer. I think she was the most recent victim before he killed himself. And then her, yeah. he, I think her pulling back and being like, stop, no, whatever. That was him realizing I can't keep doing this. You know, like I like maybe there's another option to keep Beth safe. And so him killing himself, he thought, see, what? OK. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the part I, I, I go up against, like. Because I don't think I don't think that was true. I thought the demon told her that in her head, but I think that's either an internalization of her blaming herself for her husband's suicide and perhaps her husband's serial murdering. But I don't think in modern times, like these screenwriters, I, I mean, I don't know, who, I don't know them, but there's no way they're they're saying that she is directly or indirectly to blame for this serial murderer turned, you know, suicide. Like that's I just think, I think, nuts to me. But with but with the amount of women who look vaguely like her, either it's right. that or it's uh, he is a serial killer, Ala Ted Bundy, who uh, was right. with his dream girl, also kind of wanted to kill her. And so his way of satiating his own bloodlust was killing women who looked vaguely like her and yeah, stalking but, them. Uh, uh, I, but <laughs> seriously, that could be her mother. Like. That could be his mother's, like, he could have married someone who looked like his mother or his then librarian as a kid. You know, serial murderers murder because they murder. I don't know. I don't know if that's just because he's got to murder girls that look like her just to, to, you know, keep this demon at bay. I mean, maybe that's, I don't know. Again, I don't know how important it is to our interpretations here. If the house is real, just to, like, retcon for a sec, I, I agree yeah. with you both. I do think the house is real. I didn't at first. But the talisman, that, that statue being moved and being seen yeah. by the best friend and being physically moved to the other safe house. Claire uh, and Mel, yeah, both yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I, I agree. I think the house is real. I think the husband was a killer. Narratively, I think that's too much for one person to take. Like, yeah. I, I have a problem with the ending with her. I mean, I, I think it's a, a, a tracks more if she gives in to the nothing at the end. Because if you're that depressed over your husband committing suicide, which you, I think anyone would be, obviously, and then you find out on top of it that you were living with this monster and you didn't know, I mean, that's that's intense. How can you ever overcome your nothing in that situation? Yeah, so my big thing is, like, the demon saying that it's her fault that it came from her when she was 17 years old and got into a car accident. Does and, everyone and have their own nothing? Or is it one nothing that's controlling everything? Like did he well, the see, I, if, if I was Owen, I would assume it was the one because, okay, let's say hypothetically he killed himself to keep her safe. Okay. He loved her that yeah. much. You're right. There yeah. is nothing. Nothing is after you. You're safe now. And he thinks that because she, he is the only one that she told about her death. He would believe that potentially, okay, if I'm dead, I haven't tried to, I, I've been trying not to kill my wife all these years. No, I've never had to stop someone from killing her. So obviously I am the only threat to her. So if I kill myself, she is safe. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Obviously that's that, not like, true. Obviously right. that's not true because then if, yeah. when she told Claire, Claire would have frozen on the dock, not yelled for her, not been concerned about wanting her because then obviously the nothing would be trying to get Claire to also get Beth to kill herself. So that doesn't track, but Owen didn't know that. Owen could have believed that. So I don't know. I think it could just be the one <laughs> thing, but I mean, also when she, the, when she's at, uh, I, I know I'm going over all of this, <laughs> <laughs> but when she's getting out for drinks, she says, no, I was the one who struggled with that stuff. I was the one who struggled right. with dark thoughts. Owen's the one that kept them at bay. Again, 
does that mean she was suicidal prior to meeting Owen? And then when she got with Owen, the nothing started going through him to get her to, to, to kill her and all of that. Like, I do think there is some type of, again, I think the metaphor gets loose depending on how you look at how this movie could have or did deal with suicide, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I heard drinking does escalate quickly, let's just say. So maybe that was a problem going back. She was in a 17-year-old car accident when she was a kid. Were they drinking then? I mean, is this a story pseudo about addiction as well? And obviously alcohol is a depressant. Is that involved here? We have... Well, we Mel have, said he smelt like alcohol when he came back and looked like he'd fallen down. Like he, right. he smelled alcohol on his breath. And mm. then obviously, I think the bourbon was his. I don't think it was yes, hers. Yes, I agree with so, that. Yeah. But uh, do they both have a problem? Like she's drinking wine before she's drinking bourbon, right? So Or, or brandy. So I, I, I wonder if, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think she's always had this quote-unquote demon in her brain and it, and it earwormed into this whole scenario after the trauma that she suffered and continues to suffer by discovering who her husband is. That the whole... The whole lie of the of the demon, which lie in movies, you know, throughout history from the exorcist on up, conjuring, etc. They literally that's all they do is lie. It to seems like you're stereotyping demons. And I don't know <laughs> if I'm I'm in support of that, Mike. I think I need to be the the devil's advocate because clearly you won't be. He's and a demonist. Speak up for the demons. Yes, I am the demonist. So now, <laughs> demonologist Amanda. Yes. Listen, I would go on a ghost hunting expedition tomorrow if I could. All right. <laughs> I wish the two of you could see. Like I've literally been sitting in this conversation with my head in my hands, just trying, to, staring at the floor, and just trying to listen. Because I feel like I feel like there's a billion different like. And I think it's purposeful. I feel like there's a billion different, like, you draw your own conclusion type adventures. But I don't think that's yeah. by accident either. I don't think we're supposed to have all the answers. But I also feel like mm-hmm. there's some answers we are supposed to have that I'm just not getting. Well, I think you want to try and figure out what the filmmakers are saying. Like, you mentioned it earlier, Mike. We never answered it. But, like, is she supposed to blame herself for her husband's suicide? Like, can it be contagious? Like you, you and Amanda, you mentioned the, the out for drinks scenario mm-hmm. with her, Gary. I looked up his name and Gary says something uh, along and Claire's there. But Gary says something like, I don't think that's how it works. Because she was like, I think I've infected. I have the dark thoughts. I think I've infected my mm-hmm. husband. He's like, yeah. I don't think that's how it works. And and I would think. I would hope that that is kind of conventional wisdom in a way. Like we don't think, I mean, we know that there are suicide packs. There are suicide rashes throughout history. We've seen it dramatized mostly about teenage suicides, whether it's the virgin suicides or Heather's or whatever throughout cinematic history. So we know that's a thing. We know that people affect other people, but the question is, can you, is it contagious like a virus necessarily? I I think they're wrestling with that. I don't know if they're wrestling with that. I mean, if anything, again, I have this, uh, I mentioned this to Mike, I have the issue that it seems like the only thing stopping her from killing herself was mm. her husband being alive. Because that's what it seems this, like, like, cause again, her husband being there, all of that, like her only will to live, like it doesn't matter that she had friends, it doesn't matter that she had a job, it doesn't matter any of this, it's that she that had she this had husband, husband who was preventing her from 
killing herself all these Ugh. years. Like he's the one that kept these dark thoughts. I at mean, bay. codependency then, is a men- is a serious mental issue too. I mean, there are people. No, who are- I I agree. I don't think it's that though, because then I think there would be more questions about his loyal. Like there would be, if if it was codependency, I think there would be more questions about his loyalty and the other women and all. Like there would be more of that you know she and she does like she does more, not give a shit about this like even if he was cheating on her she like the sexual aspect of this she doesn't give two shits about she makes that very clear i mean she's very yeah she just wants to know about. who her husband was right, at that right, point right i i don't know i it comes that back it comes down to the fact that why did she turn the gun away from herself at the end though like why like if you're if that's true then she might as well because she doesn't care about the friend like the friend's a a good friend. Uh, the friend has nothing hang. to do with her with her deciding not to kill herself. I agree. Oh with God, that. yeah, no. I, I, I but Mel's a bad hang. Uh, Claire's a bad hang. Fucking Gary sucks, even though he speaks some truths. Like what? Like you're right. She doesn't have much else going on in her life. She's eating like uh, casseroles that she throws out in the garbage first. She's drinking a half a bottle of brandy at night, like Mank. Like what is she going after? Like the suicide note. She's bringing it to the bar and reading it, oh, yeah. but it's still it's blood like on it, and it, it in means your, seven different keep things. It in your purse. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. She only has sex with ghosts. That met that. That's all that. <laughs> You know? Oh my god! No. So, I mean, hey, I'm not expecting her to like go pick up dudes at the bar like right after her husband kills himself. Right. But like, I think the um, like there's that one scene where uh, like obviously the demon is messing with her. We know that like when she's looking at uh, houses and then suddenly it's like, oh no, she's shopping for guns on a school computer. Which also, yeah. I'm sorry, they would track that. They would have access yeah. to that. You're on the school <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> Yeah, but she doesn't True. give a shit at that point either. I mean, look at the way she handles the mother in that same scene. Like a teacher would mm-hmm. get fucking reprimanded up and down for that, obviously. But like you yeah. said, I mean, it's after school. She's done. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene though, kind of because that she just she just is so confrontational, which is very different for scream queens, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen them get walked all over in movies before for, throughout decades, right? And here she's just right in everybody's face throughout the movie like if she disagrees with somebody we hear it like she's she gets at mel she goes at mel she goes at claire i love that mm-hmm. i i agree it's a it's a different way to write like the final girl the scream queen um i had a question and i lost it so if anyone wants to pick it up go ahead but the whole thing is like the demons demons in movie history they switch uh, and they transfer from one person to another. Whether again, it's Exorcist, Father Marin, Father Ka- or Reagan, Father Karras, right? Or it's Exorcist Three, and every single patient in the asylum becomes the demon to to, to keep serial murdering going on. Or it's The Conjuring, and we've seen the you know literally in the movie with Denzel Washington, the uh, Fallen. Oh God, what Fallen. Fallen? That's the whole basis of the movie now. That's where I come back. Like, that's a movie trope for demons. They transfer from one person to another. But this movie is kind of like having side conversations about whether that can happen with this earworm depression, you know, trauma demon in her head. Could it go from her to the husband and back again or not? That's, I mean, for whatever reason, I was drawn to that, like, little paradox. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, do you, can you guys, like, pin that down? Do you you say yes or no or... 
Okay, so let's say hypothetically, yes, it's an earworm demon, okay? But then if that was the case, and this demon, I think that Owen killed women, at least. Maybe they weren't exactly like her, whatever. But, like, obviously right. there was something going on with the last woman, and we know that's all real. Something happened. Yeah. Maybe the bodies aren't real, but he probably killed these women. Something weird's going on, okay? Okay, so... <laughs> so... If it is an earworm demon, then why would she not develop murderous tendencies? Okay, because like let's say I thought the movie was going there. I thought the movie yeah. was going to end with her killing, <laughs> her becoming the you know Delbert Grady passes the. But baton that's to Jack that's Torrance. that's chapter and verse as to why I don't think that and why I care about what the nothing actually is. Like I, I'm under the the impression that everybody has their own nothing and the nothing manifests. It is going to lie to you. It is it is a demon, sure, if you want to classify it as mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. And all it's going to do is tell you the worst things about yourself to like. It's end game. The nothing's end game is to manipulate your darkest thoughts to get you to do awful things. And in the husband's yeah. case, it was kill a bunch of people that look like her wife. And in Rebecca Hall's case, it's turn the gun on herself and kill herself. I think the fact that he killed himself, like, it's interesting to me because it seemed like the nothing, Rebecca Hall's nothing was driving her to kill herself in the same way the husband killed himself, whereas the husband killing himself was his defense mechanism against his nothing. He had to stop his nothing from telling him to kill his wife, kill his wife, kill his wife, and he was satiating that by killing people who look like his wife. So I don't think mm. it's an earworm. I think the nothing is individualized. I think it, I think it wanted... Her, though, I think it was all the nothing's goal, the nothing we see in the movie, the no win, all of that. I think it's one nothing that always wanted Beth. And so maybe, yes, everyone has their own nothing, but then I think it would have manifested differently in Owen himself if yeah. it was his own nothing. Because I also think if but it we did. had any his, his nothing was to, was to kill, like his nothing was to, to murder. Her nothing is suicide. His, no, his nothing, his nothing was to kill her right him killing it was other women was to trick the nothing i don't think it's i i don't think it's as roundabout as you you think at this point because i think it's the i don't think it's separate i i think it always just wanted beth and it just was like okay you're gonna give me her like you're yeah. like you're gonna like me try, obviously so you I'm think it was like an invasion get... of the body snatchers type thing where it became the people it became owen and then when owen killed himself it was out in the ether and then tried to get into beth to kill herself to do it himself herself no, I think it was just kind of always there, but I mean, I think the sleepwalking is like a big proponent that we're kind of glossing over because she starts right. sleepwalking once Owen is dead. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that shouldn't be contagious. That's what fucking Gary says. Mm -hmm. and we believe yeah. Gary, right? So, yeah, yeah I mean. Well, why wouldn't we believe Gary? He's always been there for us. <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think you guys are hitting on it. I'm starting to think more towards your way. I just, I can't buy that. Like, the demon lures her into a trap at the end yeah and we and it, it explicitly lies to her and then we're supposed to believe the whole exposition dump from the demon at the end which is still trying to get her to do something it's still trying to get her to 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 to, to commit suicide right so i just i can't buy the fact that they're going along with the demonic cinematic demonic conventions or with the what the internet's saying so but it is I, a demon, I, I, right? Because we do see shots of her, like, waking up in different places and then not knowing what's going on, and then the radio comes on. Like, we, we know it's not just her sleepwalking. It's luring no, her. No, but that... Yeah. Yeah, but we she's an unreliable narrator. So, But here's the thing. Like, I do think it's pretty cut and dry when she's dreaming, when she's not, and it becomes less so as the movie goes along. Like, early on, it's very clear 
that like the evidence of when she's dreaming and what she's seeing is unreliable because like the the footprints the muddy footprints on the dock they fade the text message from her husband you know is is gone the next day there's a lot of little things like that that turn into big things later on where you know we will find claire will find the louvre statue and claire will find the broken mirror and some things prove to be true but you can explain that away that she was doing that to herself like she's fighting with this demon in her head doing that to herself right yeah but again like the stat like mike you mentioned like oh was the uh was the demon luring her to the other house to get the statue to set it free because the statue was like hidden in like a bucket or something in yeah. the unfinished reverse house so was that trapping the demon there like was that the whole thing like what yeah, that's, was that's and then she brings yeah. it over like the, the the nothing seemed to be I, I asked I asked that of Amanda last night, Mike. Like, was was the nothing's whole plan? Was the nothing trapped in that statue or in that house because of what Owen did? Like, Owen had one, and then it only really started everything happening to Rebecca Hall, happening to Beth, was drawing her to the night house, and that's why Claire was saying like, "Hey, stop looking, don't blah blah blah." Claire was like the antithesis of the nothing, but the nothing's goal was to get Beth to see all the bodies and stuff, and then she brings back the statue, and that's when shit really started going down for Claire. So was was the nothing just like held dormant in the other night house and then she brought it actually back to reality and that's why we have the scenes with the two moons or the two suns and what's happening with the red sun versus what's happening in reality when we see Claire coming down to the dock at the end of the movie. Like, was the nothing trapped in the other night house and then Beth set it free and brought it into reality through the, uh, whatever you want to call it, token or talisman or whatever that, that statue was? To me, it works as a metaphor. To me, it works as a metaphor. Because if you, if the talisman represents the husband's murders, then yes, she brings that back across. She realizes that the, what the night house is, and she realizes that all those dead bodies are on her hands, or, you know, because of him, that she brings that extra trauma and things escalate exponentially. But I think she's being haunted by the quote-unquote nothing before she goes across the the bay to uh, across the uh to river do what lake being haunted to, to do house. what well th- we have the first two hauntings she is literally calling to what she thinks is a ghost and then we have you know the big gary scene where she's like do you guys believe in ghosts that's her small talk you know leading into the whole rest of the scene so yeah you know she's being haunted by the quote-unquote nothing on her doorstep in her house doing all the cliche things which i love the way they shot that the way they the way they set that up and like you said mike was very efficient they got right into it but the nothing was there beforehand so i don't believe like so the talisman representing the trap nothing i don't buy well was it just because okay let's say hypothetically uh it was like keeping her okay because the talisman obviously did something him tying the body hog tying the body so they were in the same position as the statue obviously i think means something mm-hmm. so, so it's a voodoo doll right we, we probably should mention that it's a the louvre yeah. is a voodoo doll mm-hmm. where what does a voodoo doll do if you stab it it hurts somebody else right so shit that's how the husband was luring his victims essentially by weakening them and he did he did that in his seduction you know, he, he, he groomed them slowly from taking pictures to stalking to meeting with them to having sex with them, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But what were you getting at there, Amanda? Well, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, maybe she wasn't, like, really... Okay. 
if we're looking at her like actually wanting to end things, could the doll be preventing her from actually doing so? And so them drawing the talisman, her, mm. okay. Cause obviously the hauntings were happening. Let's say that's the case. And that's why she always thought it was Owen. Cause nothing quote unquote evil was happening. Let's say it was just like, hi, I'm a presence. Right. I am here. Um, and I then really like this song setting, on the radio. Yeah. Yes. Her <laughs> Like come down, come play with me. Like I want to see you mm-hmm. like, but then her setting the talisman quote unquote free and in, bringing it to her house like oh no this is the right house you're in the right house now like because before it was like being tricked back and forth or whatever between the reverse house and the actual house was that then like giving the like empowering the demon more to like do whatever like what was happening with that was that really like was that like letting it reach its full power well yeah i mean again i i just think the the talisman is literally what the husband used as a serial killer token, whatever, you know, that he thought he was doing something with. But in terms of the power of the demon in the movie, right, it escalates, yeah. And the more vulnerable she becomes, but which we see in real life as her just drinking like Herman Mankiewicz, but in, in real life there's so many more, more things than that. She's realizing... Her husband's a serial murderer. She's finding bodies across the way. She's having awkward everything, you know, social interactions with everybody that just get worse and worse and worse to the point where she's meeting, like, Madeline Bookstore Girl who says her husband choked her. I mean, it's it's all, like, raining down on her head to the point where it's, it's overwhelming to the point where she's lured by, you know, overcome and catatonic in a boat. Luckily, she called her friend the night before, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, question. What do you think the second gunshot was that she heard? Is this in act one? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When she's out on the boat, there's this random gunshot. She asked Mel about it. Mel heard nothing. What I thought originally was that there was, in fact, a reverse world and a reverse Owen, and that was reverse Owen killing himself. That's where I thought this was going at first, too, Amanda. Well, she's seeing, right, I mean, because you think it's a doppelganger story, but mm-hmm. yeah. but she's seeing shit and she's hearing shit and it's not just in her dreams, right? Like you said, I, there might be a point where the song plays and it's not in her dream and there might, and there's definitely a point where she wakes up the next morning and she sees bloody, muddy footsteps, whatever they are, that are mm-hmm. gone later on. And that's a very, it's a very clearly a conscious, lucid situation she's in. So I think she's seeing shit. So the question I had earlier was like, all right, did she see the bodies? Is that bullshit too? Like, is her husband not really a serial killer? Killer? He's just a very sad, mentally ill person who killed himself. And, and that whole thing is a contrivance in her brain as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, though. There's enough to corroborate the husband's story between the talisman to the to Mel's story about him, to Claire's story about him, and, of course, the, the bookstore girl, Madeline. I mean, so. I think he definitely killed the woman. I think he definitely did that. I mm-hmm. mean, okay, so let me look at his killing himself from a different angle for a second because maybe that could have been the answer to in his brain the whole time. Like, he was selfish for uh, killing all these women to look not look that looked like Claire, or not Claire, Beth, um, it, yeah. and to save her and rather than just taking out what he believed was the problem, which was himself. Hence, I get these urges, which is what he told Mel and all of that. Like, 
could it have been like, oh, okay, I, I'm doing what I should have done before. I never should have killed these women. That's my guilt, all of that. And then he kills himself because of that. And that's why you're safe now. The hole in my story, the hole in my story, the hole in my interpretation is why he kills the women that look just like her. Like, like if you, if you, if these women looked like anybody, if they didn't all look like her, I, I would probably, you know, feel more confident that my thing holds water. So, yeah, you're. I just, I think it would be clearer if we had any evidence that he killed people before Claire. I think, or sorry, Beth. Oh my God, I'm gonna keep doing this. I have the doc open, and I just see Claire's name in like perfect view. <laughs> That's my problem. So I think if if he killed anyone before Beth or before marrying Beth, then maybe I would be like, yeah, he just has a bloodlust. And then the nothing was like, oh, this could work. And that's what that was. But we have no yeah. evidence that he killed anyone before he got married to Beth or before he thought about killing Beth. But that's the thing, though. Serial killers typically, you know, when do they become serial killers? Like late 20s, 30s, most of them, right? I mean, I don't, look, I can't listen to the serial killer podcast anymore. There was like a few year period where the true crime podcast, last podcast on the left stuff, I would get into those. I can't do it anymore for whatever reason. It's just too cruel and nightmarish and they hurt animals i can't because the so, world is too real now yeah I mean, yeah, yeah right so <laughs> basically but we we know like the crazy reasons and it's not i shouldn't say crazy, but we know that these people are abused we know that these people like so that's my thing like it can't they can't be trying to explain serial murderers like oh she got in a car accident and saw nothing and the nothing came to you know personify i don't, I, I, I don't think they're trying to make a big t- uh, thing about serial killers. I think I it agree. really is. I, I well, don't, they wrote I think, a serial killer movie. These guys. They wrote Super Dark Times, which is about this serial killer I know, who but did I don't in think the suburbia. What, I don't think that's what this is, though. It's her. Yeah. It's it's the survivor guilt. I think. Well, is the, I, here's where yeah. I agree with you guys. I don't think it's what it is either. But I just think it's unknown. Like that's the true unknown of the movie. Like he killed people because who the fuck knows, and he killed himself because who the fuck knows. The demon in her head is trying to blame herself because we're in her POV, and we know why the what the demon is or what it, she's telling herself. That's or what the exactly why her. I want to know what the fuck the nothing is. Like, <laughs> is it individualized okay, to every say, person well, or is again, it one thing? Again. We are making the assumption that it's a demon when it could just be death and death personified. Sure. And so it could just be that. But also I think we're making the assumption that this thing is inherently lying to her because we are assuming that it's a demon and assuming that it's the same as every other uh, film cinema demon that's come before it, okay? Maybe this is a trend-setting demon. Maybe it wants to mix (laughs) things up, okay? Maybe it wants to wear... Maybe this wants to wear fingerless gloves and get a fun haircut. Maybe that's what this demon is. Yeah, but that's really, again, I I love it. But if she's going to pull a trigger, it's not going to be because, it's not going to be because of truth, right? It's going to be because of, lies like she shouldn't no i mean well, maybe, no. maybe well, the how truth do we know it's because of lies she was digging f- yeah she was digging for the truth i mean maybe the truth it doesn't have to be a lie that truth does is... it yeah i guess i do have a i do have a a somewhat it's yeah, gonna be you're some, not wrong it's gonna be something i spring on both of you but before we give grades yeah. and like say goodbye here like can if you had I want to say gun to your head, but I feel like that'd be cliche for this movie. But let's say you get a billion dollars. Curling iron to your throat. Right. Okay. Curling iron to your throat. How would you, can you both read the note with the proper emphasis you think, or the emphasis you think is meant to be there? Like say you were. Capitalized or not. I don't remember. 
Well, there's punctuation before the first phrase. Like, you were right. There is nothing. Nothing is before the third sentence. Nothing is after you. You're safe now. So if you were Owen and you wrote that note, what's the proper emphasis? Well, there's punctuation, though. Like, I agree. I wrote out, we didn't get into it, but I wrote out like four different interpretations for the note. I know, and I I want you to settle on one. I was obsessing with that. I'm trying to find the note itself. There's no. How are there? Okay, listen. I know someone cop like someone pirated this movie already, and there should be a screenshot of the note on Google Images, but there's not, and that's annoying to me. <laughs> I don't think nothing. Where, I don't think nothing. Where are the degenerates the of the world? Why are they not coming through? Can I say that I think she's interpreting the note? She's interpreting the note that, in a romantic way. I would say I agree. because based on her based on her actions, right, of basically summoning the demon every chance she gets because she misses her husband so damn much that she wants to commune with his ghost, right? So she's like, but her interpretation of it is a lot less telling about your summary of the movie than what you think Owen meant by it, and that's why I'm intrigued by what both of you would put, how both of you would put the emphasis on the note. You were right. There is nothing has to refer to her has to refer to her experience with him, except except you can interpret it that he's speaking to the demon and not the wife. Like what if he like what if he's not speaking to the wife at all? He's a serial murdering piece of shit. He's speaking to the demon saying that you're safe now with the wife. You can have my wife. So maybe it's the totally, again, we think it's one way with demons. It could be the opposite. Like, again, I, we've seen so many of these movies. Like, now you should possess my wife now. <laughs> She's perfectly <laughs> primed, you know, because. You're safe I, you to know? go and do your bidding with her. I don't know. I I tend to think that uh, they, they wrote the explanation in the ending. You were right. There is nothing refers to her conversation back about the 17 year old car accident mm-hmm. and then and then nothing is after you is a warning you're safe you're safe now i think it, i think it's romantically interpreted by her nothing comes after you. there's nobody else for me babe like they, think of every song lyric you know nothing there comes is, after there you is you're safe now after you. no no nothing is after you is the line though <laughs> It's not nothing. nothing comes after you. It's not like well, okay, but, I'm gonna kill myself because there's no one else for me. Because then there's okay. I tried why would all I not... these other girls. Oh my <laughs> god! Jesus Christ. Okay, I think it's you were right. There is nothing. Nothing is after you. You're pursuing safe you. now. Yeah, well, but the last two I lines don't make sense. If if he's warning, he thought her. he thought this is where I come. This is where I think that his because again. She said, I never told anyone else about this other than Owen. So he probably knew that, that she had never told anyone else what she experienced when she died for four minutes. Because she always says, I can't remember, and all of that. But she says, there's just tunnel. There's nothing there. There's nothing after you die. And so he could believe, okay, I'm the only one else that knows this. So if I kill myself, she is safe. You're safe now. There is nothing. Nothing is after you. There is something that's death. And it's after you. Well, he's mistaken then. <laughs> no, no said. shit. Okay, he was so wrong. So we're assuming, we're assuming the demon is lying, but we can't assume the, that Owen's a goddamn idiot. I mean, he killed women for his wife. Like, that's the... Versus being like, hey, babe, I got to divorce you and get away because, like, the death thing uh, really wants me to kill you. And I don't want oh, to do I that. Oh, yes, I don't that's disagree. Fine, that- but I still... 
I still don't believe he killed women because he's an idiot. I believe he kills women because he's, you know, it, 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 there's a kill lust or whatever these, I mean, that's the thing. Like, No, I, I think there, I don't think he would have to get drunk to do so. I also I, I think, think Son was... of Sam was lying when he told told everybody the dog made him do it. You know, that's I think he was lying, Son of Sam, when he said that. You know, so I don't I don't think the dog told him. Well, to you kill know, Son people. of Sam was just such a trustworthy person. I believe <laughs> exactly, he... exactly. Like these people I mean, lie to through fair, their teeth. To be fair, if Hermes told me to commit grand larceny tomorrow, I would do so. Um, <laughs> That's a red flag, right? We should probably. <laughs> Instagram thought so. It took down my Instagram story post about it. <laughs> no, this it's. Uh, you know what? I'm glad though. I'm glad because you made some really good points, which put me back in the middle. Now, like I, again, I I think there's holes in my side of this, but I just I don't know what the fuck's going on. I really like the more I think about this movie, <laughs> the more aggravated I, I get. Well, I'm in the middle now. Like I agree, Amanda brought me back into the middle on this. I like. I, I wanted to go with my interpretation full This is why I can't do jury board. duty, because I'll just, like, I'll steamroll over everyone. <laughs> You're going to be the J- uh, Jack Lemon in every <laughs> every jury room. You know 12 angry men. 11 angry men and one Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> um, all Excellent. right, let's, uh, we, we've had enough time here, Amanda. Have you decided whether or not this is a good movie? Let's give our final grades. I mean, I definitely liked the movie and again I think that I definitely enjoyed on a second watch because now I know like I don't need to like crack a code I think it's just like I would probably just enjoy it as it was um mm. so I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a B because I do think that you are allowed to do convincing stories but I also think that your audience deserves a complete story and I don't think even the director fully knew what that complete story was like hence why you said like the director said that he felt the screenplay was keeping secrets from him. So I think that it's, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming changes were made from the screenplay and all of that, but like, cause that's just how filmmaking works. But I think that yeah, I'm going to go with a B solid B Mike. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little higher on it if I'm correct and I'll change this grade retroactively if I'm incorrect. So I'll be a B plus now, but if it's, uh, if I'm wrong and swell is, uh, more right than I am, uh, F minus. <laughs> <laughs> More right than I am. Wow. <laughs> I'm not saying that she is right, but if she is. Right, F- on the minus. chance. <laughs> on the chance. Gotta, gotta leave a little wiggle room. I'm probably in between. I'm probably a high B. I do, like, yeah. there's some basic movie goods here, and we didn't even talk about the... Is it a VFX? Is it a practical effect? The way that shadow is shot with that like interpretive art piece type style. Oh right. The yeah. things are if they're if that's practical effects. If that's all set design, I think that's wonderfully done. If it's a VFX, I can't tell. It looks like practical effects to me. So there are. Basic... I think it's definitely VFX. I think so. Just I wouldn't the, be surprised. The, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But I, I'm probably a high B myself, and I'm just infuriated, and I've spent the majority of this conversation like i told you just with my head my head in my hands i, I do want to see this again but i'm just i i hate i love that the movie made me think this much but i hate thinking this much just in general because i'm a stubborn old man <laughs> i'm gonna play this back a hundred times and try and figure it out <laughs> amanda where can the fine listeners find your work as if they don't know by now 
I am on YouTube under Swell Entertainment. On all other social media, I am at Love You Too Golka. And I now have my own podcast called Swell Shenanigans and still have no idea fully what it is yet, but it's all a work <laughs> in progress. Um, and Mike One came on the other day and we talked about celebrity bathing habits, and that's going to be out probably tomorrow. So by the time this episode is out, this ep- my episode will be out. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear that episode. I've been loving your first four. You just did the two, uh, two on Britney were fantastic. I listened oh, to them twice. You. Very funny. I don't know what the hell you're talking about in the first two episodes between the TikTok and the cryptocurrency, but oh, yeah. I still Chaotic. laughed a lot. Yeah, I still, Chaotic. as old as I am, they're both very good. All, all four, four, you're four for four. So, Mike, well, you got a lot and, of pressure on you. Yeah, me and Mike, we really got into uh, whether or not birds are real. Um, we really went <laughs> on that. I felt bad afterwards because I feel like that conversation went in a billion different directions. And like, that's literally the point. There's no structure to my podcast. That's good. <laughs> so yeah, be sure to check that out. Uh, dear listener, as always, we want to hear your thoughts and my God, if there was ever a, a movie that we needed to hear your thoughts on, I think it would be this one where the majority of this episode was just us asking questions about one another and it, you're, you're practically coming to blows at some points and, and just deciding to go our separate ways. So you can leave us all of those as well as our any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you hear podcasts. And if you're on the Apple Podcast, podcast app if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review uh that would be truly cool of you and we'd be eternally grateful michael uh tell the good people some words of wisdom here to end on and what's coming next from us subscribe rate and review swell shenanigans e-n-a-n i learned how to spell shenanigans (laughs) after years after decades so i'm I'm really loving your show there uh amanda and yeah we got like a news episode next a bunch of tra- trailers mike netflix they put out their streaming calendar right after we put out our streaming calendar so thanks netflix mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. <laughs> stumping us but or, uh, scooping us there but spider-man no way home trailer oh my god we're gonna be talking about that are we gonna be talking about candy man or am i too scared that's that's coming forward as well i'm but, so yeah, i don't understand your pension your 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 like tentativeness for that movie it doesn't look like it's a gross body horror movie but he's pulling his hand off it's, it's there's disgusting. one little pee that's a scab man it's yucky his fingernail ew it's yucky how old <laughs> it's are yucky you? it's yucky it's disgustingly yucky my review it's a horror movie anyway i will i will come on and discuss candy man if you go see it god damn good <laughs> you might you might i'm so excited for candy man so am i i don't I, mike should be too he loves halloween i don't understand it oh really scared i'm really scared. like even the bee stinging him i just like shudder like uh, it stings him and then falls down the ground and i'm watching ants eat the bee and i'm skeeved out i'm just really skeeved with that movie. I, th- so what you're saying is you're a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reduced to a toddler. Uh, yeah. You're so we'll get you a trailers. pacifier for when we discuss candy. <laughs> you're nothing is body horror. It's just- <laughs> oh, body horror drives me nuts. Yuck. Oh. Like, do you guys watch the zit videos? Like people pop no, up. No, I like, can't I could do never- it. I oh, yeah. Okay. I, I totally do. I love that shit. 
I really oh, so that's what I'm dealing with then. Yeah. So that so but you I just also sh- used to have I also used to have horrific acne, so it's like a trauma thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Amanda, you're in the middle between Mike and I with body horror, horror then I guess. All right. Yeah, I guess. I hope, I hope. I mean, that. I just watched The Collector in the collection the other day, which is like quite literally just body horror. So. Yep. <laughs> I'd never seen him. Can't yep. do it. Nope. Nope. Oh, there is this really bitch and trap scene, though. That was really cool. I hope a whole man gets totally skinned on camera. In <laughs> like, no, that like, but that'll keep me up at night. Like, I'm literally sweating right now. Literally sweating. That's just the most disgusting thing ever. Like, there's a scene in Dread and the movie. Did Martyrs. you watch I, the first ne- Hellraiser? Have you ever seen Hellraiser? No, 1? I read the script. Yeah. I read the script. I ne- I was, I was going to mention it earlier. I've never seen it. I've never. Maybe. I won't watch it. Yeah. I'm. Very afraid. Well, even Jesus wept. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, when reality sucks, uh, you can come ask these questions about these movies with us. Amanda, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Next, at some point, we're going to have to schedule you to come on. As opposed to just like these, I feel bad ambushing you and being like, hey, you want to hop on with a call? I mean, whatever keeps me from just sitting on TikTok all day, I think this is preferential. <laughs> well, you all, you have an open invite as always. So uh, if we do Candyman, you, you could probably expect to hear Amanda's voice once more. Or at I'm, least... already de- I'm already deciding I'm coming on to discuss the Anya... Uh, Anya Taylor Joy Nosferatu remake. It's happening. I've decided. Oh, good. Oh, that's a th- <laughs> I didn't know about that. That's a thing. It just got announced. Robert Eggers is doing it. Um, so I'm obsessed. <laughs> oh my god! Nice. That'll be great. Nice, nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. So you'll you'll hear Amanda a lot more. And if you uh, if you don't hear her here, <laughs> go check her out on Swell Entertainment. But thanks again, bud. Uh, guys, thank you. When reality sucks, you can come. Did I do this already? I feel like I did this. Am I in a time loop? You might be in the night house. Yeah. Uh, this is the the two moons. No, no, you didn't do this. The sign off. I didn't do no. the sign. That's right. That's right. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar <laughs> trying to make award season year round without the stuffiness, of which there was none in this episode. So that proves <laughs> it out. We'll see you very soon. See ya. Ooh.